Hello and welcome to Pig Ignorant Gamers number 38, I believe. 38? Yeah. Really? I thought I it was 36. No, no, because we, we did 37 last time. Did we? I'm pretty sure. I have an empty folder called 38 within my thing, so I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Excellent. Uh, with me, Graham Goring. Uh, and me, David Williamson. Yeah, uh, and possibly our cat will be joining in as well because she's just come in and she is uh, a pain in the ass. Although she is settling down, so that's nice. Um, and uh, my, my my wife may come downstairs as well. Okay. Um, I'm having a child in two months. Excellent. Uh, I think hopefully the, that won't join us during the podcast. Uh, uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> Depends how good they are. They're probably better than Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the last time we did a podcast, uh, I hadn't even knocked her up. That's how long ago it was. It's been a while. It's been yeah, a while. it's been a while. But but it's fine because you know I'll get this one turned around like that. No, no. Um, anyway. Uh, we are now recording this at the tail end of October. So, so these things that we're going to talk about in the news are, are things from the most, you know, recent couple of weeks, I suppose. So, let's, let's find out. I mean, world might not exist by the time I've done this. I, I think if the world what? ends, I probably <laughs> won't actually continue editing, I suppose. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, uh, the most recent thing, if we start with the news, actually, how are you, Dave? Dave? I'm, I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Tired? Oh, God. Tired. Is that because of the baby? Yes, yes. Was up quite late with the baby. How late with the baby? What, is she partying? Uh, is that about it? About one o'clock-ish. Okay. Well, just didn't, didn't want to get to sleep? Yeah, got a bit of a cough. Keep oh, okay. Awake. Oh, God. We've, we have got this. And then she, she still wakes up at five in the morning, so. Oh, how many hours of dev do you reckon you actually get to do a day? You know, on a day where she's going to the nursery, for instance. Oh, I get a full day when she's in the nursery. Oh, okay. There's, there's nothing else to do. Okay, well that's good. That's that's encouraging, because I'm worried that you know I'm I procrastinate enough. Before she went to nursery, though, no dev, no dev. Oh, okay, <laughs> are you going to start doing Tech Tuesdays again? Uh, hopefully, and um, not this week, the week after, probably. Okay, cool. Because I should get back there as well. I feel sorry because Kyle's there, oh. basically probably on <laughs> on his own. Um, the weird thing is, when we started going to Tech, Tech is a, a cafe. I should explain um, <laughs> that we we go to, um, uh, and I because they were, I was kind of snooty about them. I was like, oh, look at this, because they got vegan cakes and, and things like that, but also like gluten free. Like, ha ha ha! But I I've fucking gone gluten free now, um, <laughs> just because they thought, well, it might. I might. A while ago, they were like, oh, we think you might have nascent celiacs, um, which is basically where. You've got the symptoms of celiacs, apart from the fact that your the, your stomach lining hasn't kind of reacted to it yet, but you're having some kind of problems. So, at the time, I was like, "Well, we've got a load of wheaty stuff in at the moment, so I can't be asked trying that yet." But now, for the last week and a half, I have been gluten free, or fairly. Basically, my rule is: if it's got like wheat or gluten in the ingredients, avoid. But if it's like made in a factory that also handles, then I'm like, "Well, you know, I'll give that's okay." Because it's going to be trace amounts of it, and I can't imagine trace amounts of it are a massive issue. So that that's been helpful because otherwise, basically, I can only eat pom bars uh, or from from the the crisp aisle. Pom bars are the only one with that are like <laughs> it's gluten free. So um, so that's good. Um, so I've been doing that. Uh, made my own bread, freshly cooked, del- delicious. Next day, worst thing I've eaten in my life. Toasted it. Yum yum yum. So so that's been interesting because my main issue with bread. Is kneading it. I can't be asked with kneading it. And the good thing about gluten-free bread is you don't. You basically make a batter, 
pour it into a thing, let it rise a bit, whack it in the oven, bing, bang, bong. Uh, done. Fair enough. So so that's been my life anyway. But it turns out my mate Andy, his missus is um, uh, celiac, so, so I can always get tips off him. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I've been doing. Oh, plus making a game, I guess, uh, also. Which hopefully my, my artist, uh, Sven, will be starting on soon, and my sound guy, uh, Brandon. So that's exciting. Yeah. But things are hopefully going to be, be able to start actually showing it. Um, even though obviously I only started it once I had left my previous employer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Warners. Um, <laughs> they've just stopped Lego Dimensions, you know. They've just uh, killed it off. Really? Yeah. Um, they announced it. Well, they, basically people found out. Um, and then they had to kind of officially go, yeah, there's going to be no year three. Um, oh dear. Yeah. So, um, cause the whole toys to life thing just went out of the shitter, didn't it? Um, everyone kind of stopped making stuff. So, but at least, yeah, you know, they the, there's out. a core concept there that you could, you could evolve it into something that wasn't. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's, it's done now. The problem is that every time they put out like a new version of it, everyone saves, not everyone, but a lot of people have their saves break. And stuff, and and the patches were fucking ridiculously <laughs> huge, because it was like, oh, we've 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 added a new character. You haven't bought that character, but we're going to make you download five gig anyway. Um, so that was a bit kind of crap. Um, but you know, they've supported it way better than I think most other publishers. Like you know, Disney, Disney Infinity, fucking hell, they dropped that like a hot shitty stone. Yeah, that that just disappeared. Um, <laughs> whereas you know, yeah, I think I think they've they've done pretty well by by their buyers. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, that's gone, but that's not news. What is news? I suppose the most recent thing for me that I saw was about NeoGAF, um, which you were, I had to explain what NeoGAF was to you, didn't I? I, I know, knew what it was basically, but I had no knowledge of this story now. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cause basically, cause there's been the whole Me Too thing in the wake of, uh, Weinstein, uh, being outed as quite the rotter, I think would be an understatement. Yeah. The- Everyone already knew. Everyone, yeah. Well, exactly. Well, someone else pointed this out that you know the uh, the MPAA or whatever, or the AM, whichever is the one that's involved in the Oscars, not the MPAA, the um, Motion Picture Association. Of, no, that is the MPAA. Well, anyway, <laughs> I think the one that's involved in the Oscars basically kicked him out and were like, "Yeah, goodbye." And they're like, "Well, you have still got Victor Salva in there who are you know abused and and Woody Woody Allen." So it's and didn't didn't they give an Oscar to Roman Polanski? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, maybe, yeah, sorry. Maybe, probably Roman Polanski rather than Victor Salva, who's another Roman. Um, but also, and next year you've got, uh, Stacey, uh, Casey Affleck giving an award to like the best actress or something. And it's like, well, you know, he, he's got not a great past. <laughs> so, um, it's like, take but, that. But to you, be honest, there was interviews from like 10 years ago of people saying Harvey Weinstein's done this to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, Rose McGowan's been saying it for fucking ages, I think. Um, it's not that, like people didn't know already. It's I just, know. It's just like, finally, I guess. And he's going, oh, should we do something about this? Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel, I feel like basically, I, I think it's like, it's like Costa, right? But if you fill a card, you're out. <laughs> that's, I think that's basically. I think we're crossing a line here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it seems like, you know, it takes, there has to be like a, there's, there's like a tipping point. You can get away with a lot of shit before, you know, your, 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 your card is punched. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I assume different crimes has, you get different amount of stamps for them. Probably. I assume like a genocide, straight out. Straight out. We're not having anyone doing genocide. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
I assume. I assume they have some kind of system. They've got this all in hand. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but anyway, so NeoGAF, uh, the guy who runs it, uh, Evilor, I forget his real name, but his, his name on the forum is Evilor. Someone basically points that, said, said about how he had, you know, um, done bad things to them. Like, got in the shower naked. Someone was out on some road trip and she was like, oh, I need to have a shower. And he basically got in there naked with her. Uh, I suppose I have to say allegedly, but, you know, I, I know how I feel about this. I, I'm, I, I would not be even vaguely surprised if this was true. I don't even know the guy, but there's, there's been a lot of talk. Um, so, uh, and so NeoGAF just exploded. And NeoGAF is like one of the most popular, um, in terms of numbers forum. I don't think popular in terms of people's opinion of it. Um, but a lot of people go there. Um, I mean, I certainly was going to, I was planning on using it to, you know, plug my thing as I made it, but I don't know if I can do that from, you know, a moral standpoint now. Totally am going to. I'm a whore. <laughs> uh, a male whore. I should point out, I don't feel that that has any particular gender to it. Um, I'm so right on. Um, like the least right on person in the world. Uh, the amount of we have to cut out of this every week. Um, I mean, not now, because Mark's gone. Uh, <laughs> I'm just running off at the mouth. I may have to cut some of this. Um, so... Uh, but it's basically come back online. A bunch of people quit, and now it is even more of a, a festering hellhole um, than it was before. Um, in terms of, but the weird thing is, they've sort of said, "Oh," and they banned discussion of it. Even in the off-topic forum, they're like, "No, you can't talk about this." Which you know, that's that's not good. That's a little bit, you know, Fahrenheit four five one. Burn the books. Um, but to be honest, forums aren't really a, an open, you know, like a free speech platform are they they they're run by people who have an agenda yeah i guess so but i feel like if you're going to have an off-topic forum then that kind of encapsulates everything else right because it's it's off topic here's the topic this is for everything else so either shut down the off-topic forum or and you know basically make no pretense of the fact that you are controlling the message and censoring no but you there's topics that would come along that you would censor (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's, I don't know, I, I think there's there's free speech. And it's just there's... at what, what point is the cut-off point of the censoring? Yeah. Because yeah. I... any any moral person, those would be topics they would censor. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's certain things that you just, that just are too horrible to, you know, discuss, uh, I suppose. Not discuss, but, you know, revel in. Um, the the only thing to do is if you don't like the way the person's running the forum is go off and find another community. It's not like yeah. there's a shortage of communities online. No, this is true, and a lot of people have been using this as an excuse to plug their forums. Yeah, speak speak with your clicks. And yes. Click elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that that's kind of blown up, um, and I imagine it will not be the last of it because I'm I'm sure, you know, thank God, a lot of this stuff is being you know brought to light. Well, there was there was a, a little period uh, a few years ago where um, it, it, stories were coming out about certain indiv- indie developers. Yeah, well, the, remember um, that, that Tim Sorrett thing that kind of uh, blew up after E3, uh, the Last Night guy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But the weird thing is, IGN just had this feature all about about the making of that trailer and stuff, yeah. and it was like, and, and he voices it over, and I was like. I was just hoping it went on like 20 seconds longer and then it was well, like, it, and then everyone discovered what a I was in the past. I remember after a, a GDC a few years ago, there was a few female journalists said that there was a few indie developers that had just right on sexually assaulted them. Oh, 
I mean, like that. That what was who was it? it? Was the show us your tits thing? The like, can I have a hug? As long as I, could, as long as you show me your tits. Who was that? I I can't remember which developers it was. I think they were never named, were they? I thought they were. Were they? Uh, well, and I, don't, were, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't want to spec. Them. Yeah, well, I don't. Yes, want to I'm not going to just throw out a random name. Well, so. exactly. Yes, because <laughs> that would be legally problematic if anyone ever listened to this, um, which obviously makes it not legally problematic. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that happened, and so it's, it's not. It's not new to even this industry. So. No, no, not at all. But it's it's nice that actually you know shit's happening because of it, as opposed to people just going. Oh well, that's the status quo. Like you know, Harry Knowles on the Ain't It Cool News thing. But I, I normally go to Fantastic Fest every year, and and they had a massive thing because this guy called Devin Ferracci, who's involved in it, did something in the past, and then they they fired him, and then they rehired him on the sly, and and obviously shit happened. Like they had a, one of the film p- uh, premieres pulled out uh, because of it. Um, uh, so yeah, and and Harry Knowles has been accused of it, and yeah, but someone I know actually was one of the people who he who he you know abused. Um, uh, so, uh, that he kind of pulled out of the festival as well. It's, it's, uh, it's cesspool, really. Any of these, these cliquey things, they, they generally are, but, um, it, it would be nice when people, they, we properly cleared house, I think, because it means less competition for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I just must hang around in nice circles because I never see any of this stuff going on. Not first hand, anyway. No. It's no, hard, yeah, always, absolutely. Always hearing about it later. Yeah, and well, and that's good. You know, thank God um, that you know that 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 we don't hang around with people who do this kind of thing. I think it, it speaks well for you know our the people we know. If not necessarily, it might just be luck that I know nice people. I'm, <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I know that. Um, yeah, uh, you spotted something about IGN. Uh, yes, they have uh, bought Humble Bundle. Um, and obviously there's uh, some uh, controversy over the conflict of interest because mm. IGN reviews games, Humble sells games. If IGN review a game that's in the Humble bundle, mm. will they be more favourable or to try and sell more? I, I suppose, I mean, this mainly affects the things that Humble publishes, I suppose. Because, you know, Humble bundle, generally, it's... That's that's sometime after it's come out. I mean, you have these occasional premiere things. But yeah, and there's the humble store as well. Yeah, it's, it's the humble store. I think is sort of the main issue, because because I mean, internet review sites they're rarely above. I mean, but humble is is far from because when it was first introduced, it was like it's always going to be cross-platform on the three main systems. Mm. Uh, it's you know, it's always going to be pay what you want and mm. uh, with no no lower limit and. Things like that, and then it's just it's just slowly gone from that. I mean, the the I, I have noted that the humble indie bundle has always stayed like that. Yeah, and I think that's how they've got round it because they said it was always going to be uh, those things, but then they said, but these are different bundles. Yeah, yeah, so these have different rules. So obviously that's how they got around it. But um, yeah, so I don't think I don't think humble is this upstanding pillar of you know. You know, no, I, I they think were. It's, it's it's you know about as humble as humble brag. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they, they're they're a, a storefront now. Also, I mean, they, is there anything good left to put in those bundles? I feel I feel like they they blew their wad in the first three bundles because I remember buying those and being like, oh, this is good value. Uh, uh, do you mean the humble indie bundle? Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. There's, I think it's. Um, that there's no been no real blockbuster indie games that hmm. have 
have stood out. There's been high quality indie games. Yes. But because there's more high quality indie games, there's no standout indie games, if you get what I mean by that. Yeah. Which so, is it's a real problem for me with my low quality indie <laughs> game that I'm making. Early on, like um if a, if there was a high quality indie game, the the focus was on that because there was so few around at the time. Hmm. So I mean I still think they're still high quality. Yeah. Um it's just they're not as standout. Hmm. And I think I think I've probably already got them as well. Is the uh... And that's the thing, yeah, so Steam sales everything's on Steam now. Hmm. So it's not like you're having to go um to other places to get indie games. You can get them from Steam and inevitably the steam sales come around well yeah we've got one starting in about a day haven't we uh have we i wouldn't know halloween sale i oh is it has it already been leaked <laughs> oh yeah no i think they've announced the dates oh right have they announced it oh you were oh, oh they, yeah. yeah but by the time this comes out <laughs> yeah well you they, they they every time they send like a big email do not reveal the dates of this and then someone always reveals no the i think i think steam put the date out there yeah. They might as uh, well now. I don't, I don't know why they keep it yeah. secret. No, I thought they, yeah, I thought they put the dates for the next couple of sales or uh, something. Talking of the sale, I've noticed that there's a lot of scam sites going around for Steam now. No? What's uh, this? And they, they pretend to be the Steam storefront. Right. And they say you have to do, you know, cause every time they have a sale, they have these, do these tasks to get a badge. Yeah. And they, they make out that they're, you know, part of that and that, you know, you have to share the link. Um, but some of them were really good. They, they actually spoofed the certificate, the Valve certificate, oh, right. which I didn't think you could do. Well, also, I mean, who do, who actually uses the web thing? Who doesn't just use yeah, the app? The, yeah, the, like because yeah, because whenever you go to like the web version, it's kind of like a it's like the six months out of date thing. Like green light's still on there and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, well, this is wrong. But yeah, no, I've, I've seen loads of them pop up. It was the fact that they were spoofing the certificate that I thought was... That's well run, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's impressively shady. <laughs> uh, congratulations, I suppose. Uh, I don't know, I wasn't aware of any of these things. I assume they're trying to get your Steam password out of you. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if... if yeah, it probably is. Um, I've I've not delved too. You know, I don't want to start clicking around on them. No, no. But um, most of them are trying to get you to share the links on Facebook. Yeah, uh, obviously to get more people. But. Jeez, that's uh, slightly concerning. Um, yeah, but no. So yeah, Steam sale pretty soon. I, I mean, whether there'll be anything in there because it seems I mean, like it's they're... probably already come and gone by the time uh, this is. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> um, but the, with the yeah, with the Christmas one, it'll be just in time for. <laughs> Yeah, with a bit of luck. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like the deals aren't as good as they used to be as well, possibly. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have cottoned on that you still get good sales even if you don't give the rock bottom, you know, um, hmm. money off type thing. Oh, really? So basically people have realised that, yeah, they don't have to give away their game for nothing. Yeah, you still get pretty decent. Oh, okay. And people are tuning it in better because you get a lot of feedback. So you you can tune it into what what your best money to sales ratio is yeah. so. i think i think really cheap prices you what, what risk pissing off your existing you know owners oh, well that has happened in the past yeah, yeah it's like uh, people who pre-order and then the game goes on sale on release and things like that so. yeah well that's it because i like when i do my kickstarter it'll be the case that you know you are getting it for less than the steam price will be at launch for sure um because otherwise yeah that's I mean, admittedly, you know, you'll have, you know, beta access and stuff like that. But yeah, added value. Yeah. 
I, I, I feel like they're subtracted value. I mean, I'll have to do them because that's what people like, but... Subtracted value, really? Yeah, well, because it's like, oh, you get to see the game when it's shitty and it might put you off the finished product. But the thing is, with Steam Early Access, I, mean, I suppose it depends on the game, but with Steam Early Access, a lot of people like playing the unfinished game. Hmm. They feel like they got in there first. It's like... Hipsters. Yes, yes. Like in the band before it was famous, yeah. Chipsters, because it's video games. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright Graham, you cannot use that. Any Graham. Any Graham can use that, basically. Um, I suppose, yeah. I just I don't see particularly the appeal of it. Apart from, I did actually play the Heartforth Alicia demo recently, because they put that out to everyone who backed it, as opposed to just the... The, the people are I suppose it depends dollars. heavily on the game. Yeah. Like a story-driven game, you would spoil the game, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. But, well, and Half-Worth it sure is, but it was like a little demo, and holy shit, that game is polished. It was like, I saw that, and I was like, ah, crap, I've got to race my game. It's been being made forever, though, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can see why it's polished. And also, I'll be honest, I like the sprite art. Background art, I'm not a massive fan of. But, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of really lovely stuff in there that they're doing. It is, um, yeah, seriously... Uh, impressive but um, yeah uh, so that's I've got to compete with that fucking hell <laughs> bastard um, yeah uh, what was we talking about IGN somehow don't know hey you know, you know what the big news is Dave uh, apparently you managed to source a certain article yes I got hold of a super NES mini it's not news at all it's just I was so chuffed to be able to get hold of one yeah. that I need to tell somebody yeah, and and it may as well be the three people listening to this yes um, uh, well done Dave I, I stood around in the cold freezing cold for about half an hour oh, right. until the store opened wow. I, had, I, I had been stalking the website and strangely websites now tell you what stock they have in each store and things like that oh yeah, yeah. a lot of them and uh, they had one, they had got one in overnight, and so I was there as early as anything, waiting wow. outside. Oh, and all because you love your missus. Uh, yes, and, and it's not even for me. It's, yeah. it's a gift for the missus. I was I didn't realise just how slick um, PyCade had got, talking about retro sort of playing devices, just how slick, like, uh, the front ends for, like, PyCade and, not PyCade, yeah, something like that, or PyArcade, I don't know. <laughs> one of those those Raspberry Pi things. But have you seen, like, just how fucking... I've not seen them recently, no. They're, they're really, really slick. Like, you have, like, a, a shot of the, the arcade machine playing the game on the screen, and you've got a lovely sort of wheel. I think it's called Hyperspin or something like that is one of the front ends. And it's really, really nice looking. I think the Raspberry Pi is a nice machine. I keep I keep almost buying one. I, here's, I'm doing the same thing in that it's like, I kind of want to wait for the 4, just because... <laughs> Because, you know, emulation of N64, it's not quite perfect, and Dreamcast, it's like, well, you can do those ones pretty much flawlessly in terms of speed. Obviously, I know that with the Dreamcast, there's loads of games that are never going to work because the emulator's not there. But, yeah, once they get to the point that they can do it, the ones that they run, they run properly, you know, nice and fast, I'll be like, yeah, I'm in there. Because, yeah, the idea of just having, you know, that little box... I'd love to have one of those IKEA tables, you know, that just looks like a massive arcade controller, and then you plug it into the telly, and it's <laughs> it's all of your things. Because I think that'd be nice. Also, be nice for you know for the the kid. If I'm introducing kids to video, not kids, just in general, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, little boy. Would you like to come into my house and play Pac-Man? Whilst when I'm introducing my child, um, who is a boy and therefore allowed to play games. Uh, that's a joke, obviously. Had it been a girl, uh, I would have made her the nerdiest child ever. Uh, <laughs> I will create her in my image, but you know, not 
ugly and bearded. Um, <laughs> uh, so you know, I want I want I want I want the kid to get used to the shitty old games that I had to play first. Um, so that it has like a proper sort of, you know, grounding. So we don't get issues like where Mark's here and I mentioned Ghouls and Ghosts and he's like, Ghouls and what? It's like, oh, I want to tear your fucking head off. It's, um, yeah, frustrating that he does not, you know, I feel like you need to learn the language, um, so to speak, but not with any kind of horrible immigration tones and tones. Um, <laughs> I just feel you should do the history. You should do the homework. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, uh, so you bought a, a, a Super Nintendo. Well done. Um, <laughs> I went to EGX Resed. I went there actually, uh, for work, uh, for this thing called Transfuser that I was involved in, whereby, um, we judge, there's basically a bunch of, uh, students making games and we judge their games and, uh, sort of, you know, give them feedback on them throughout while they're making them saying, maybe this, maybe that. Uh, and then we went to the final and got to play them. And some of them were like, severely impressive yeah like, re- like there was one there's one called, like, As, were the teams or teams yeah yeah, yeah. there was a cu- there was a couple of like solo sort of efforts i mean they started out with a team and then people were like oh <laughs> i mean students yeah well, exactly <laughs> you know they were some of them had issues during development um but there's one called hyper party vrware which was just like oh i'd buy that now if i had an oculus it was it was like it was you know it's basically like bishy bashy special but with vr but really oh nice. i like the sound of that yeah, really cool <laughs> little uh, games that you can play, uh, and just loads of variety in terms of the things you played. It was and, and like a good sense of humour and such nice presentation. It was like fucking hell, this is impressive. Yeah, stuff. The best thing about Bishy Bashy was the terrible presentation. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, but you know they solved loads of really sort of you know problems in terms of how you transition between games and stuff like that. It's really nice. So so, but there was there was a bunch of them. There's a bunch of really impressive games. It was it was kind of an honour to be involved in it. Um, um, so, but I did get to go around the show floor briefly. Um, basically I managed to finish it like half, like halfway through the second day. I'd done all my work, all my homework and filled in all my forms. Um, and, uh, Julian Gollop was giving a talk there. So I got to go to that, which is really cool because I got to ask him a question. Um, and I got to meet him and, uh, got a selfie with him because I'm a millennial. <laughs> I'm not a millennial. I don't know which gen I'm in. I think I must be Gen X. Really? I think so. Are you not a millennial? No. Millennial, you have to be born like in the 90s, I think. Possibly the 80s. You can be a millennial. But I'm 75. Not That's not my age, that's when I was born. You're 75, you're good for your age. <laughs> I'm close to death. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was that was quite cool. Uh, but I'd never been to EGX Res, never been to the proper one. I've only ever been to Resed. Um, and which is obviously like, you know, a car boot sale with video games almost. It's it's very much lower key, but because they swapped them around, I went and yeah, it was it's like in Birmingham now, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it, honestly, the floor space bigger than E3, I reckon, in terms of stuff. Um, yeah, because E3 was surprisingly well, the NEC small. is a big place. Well, yeah, absolutely, but the amount of halls that they had. The only difference is that you know, like no games were announced at EGX because it's EGX. You know, I, I, at least I don't think any games were announced. Whereas E3, it's kind of like blam, blam, blam. So it's you know it has that that excitement there. Um, yeah. Well, our last E three, no games were announced. <laughs> well, not. Oh, I suppose everything was announced beforehand, isn't it? That's that's the thing. It's kind of and even so, it was it wasn't anything new. It was all like games you've seen before. Yeah, but the just on bigger. different platforms. Well, yeah, or or the number after them's a bit higher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Or, that... or we are making a Pokemon game. We're not going to tell you what it is. Oh, yeah. Fucking Met- just, just be assured we're making one. Metroid 4, for instance. I, I could have assumed you were making a Pokemon game. Yeah. <laughs> we have not folded the company up. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying, to say the least. Um, right, well, we should probably talk about the games, what we have played. I have played way more than Dave. Yes. So you're going to be hearing my voice, although I encourage you to interject with questions. And I will. Will you? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um... So I'm going to start with one that I saw, because we have a competition related to it. Ooh. Ooh. Super Hydora came out. I, I love you know, Hydora, if you don't know, is, is a horizontally scrolling shoot-em-up, like our type, um, that came out years and years ago. Um, and he didn't charge for it, and he's mad, because it's just one of the best horizontally scrolling shoot-em-ups ever. Um, but then he made Super Hydora, added a bunch of new uh, levels in it, and weapons and stuff. Which I haven't got to particularly yet because I am doggo at it, but I've got a game saved at the moment. And, um, yeah, it's brilliant. And I encourage everyone to go and buy it because, you know, Loco Melito makes really nice games. Yes. Yeah. Really impressive stuff. I agree with that. Um, and he also, uh, very generously gave me a Steam code. So, uh, if anyone would like to, uh, you know, send us an email, I'll enter you into a tombola, so to speak. Uh, what I will do is I'll basically, I will run, put my computer into a big drum and then I'll roll it around and then I open it and the first email I get out of it wins. <laughs> that's how tombolas work. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. That's, uh, it's like a little village fate. Um, but yeah, so it's brilliant. Um, I mean, there's not much more to say about it. It's, it's like, it's, you know, an R-type lover's sort of wet dream, really. Yeah. yeah it stays faithful to the genre. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. It looks like one of the games from the time, except with a few, alpha effects and uh, yeah it's just a, a really impressive uh achievement so that's good that, that's come out and, and i'm interested now that he's kind of he's kind of put out all the games that he his old ones they've kind of come out on systems now yeah um some you know it'll be a new original game next i guess which will be interesting or a sequel i suppose yeah i suppose he might he might do you know a maldita castilla 2 or whatever super super yeah would that that yeah ultra ultra yeah maybe Took me ages to realise uh, that Super Time Force Ultra, what it, what the initials were. <laughs> right. Which is brilliant. I love the fact that they snuck that by. Um, yeah. Anyway, so 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 that's great. Um, Cave Blazers. I played this before the last podcast, but I forgot to mention it because it's basically sort of like a spelunky but more combat focused, uh, and the enemies sort of path around the level really nicely. They'll sort of run up walls and to get to you and stuff. But the balancing on that game is so fucking wrong. It's really bad. Yeah, is it in full release now? I think so. Is yeah. it? I think so. I don't. I don't get early access games. I don't buy them. Uh, I I got it in a bundle or something. But right, I haven't right, actually right. tried it yet. So. It's it's like it's got so much that's lovely with it. So much, but you you really are at the mercy of the the gods of RNG. Uh, like occasionally you'll get an amazing weapon combination and whatever you've chosen. And do you know is your what? Trait. Sometimes I don't mind that. People always say it needs to be like a tight experience, but sometimes I just like a bit of chaos. No, I, I, and it does have that, but it just has ridiculous step, um, difficulty sort of, uh, step ramps. Like the, the curve, it's not a curve. It's kind of got these massive blips on it. Whenever you get to a boss, some of the, the, the bosses just don't feel very fair in terms of their behavior. Fair enough. They're like, yeah, really unpleasant spikes. And it's like, so effectively, I've basically got to level three or four loads of times, loads of times. 
and then once the the gods smiled on me in terms of finding this particular weapon and this particular trait and it meant that i was ridiculously overpowered and i got to like level 11 or something um and and but yeah i i feel like i am not in control of how well i do in that game how much is the interaction between the different uh, mechanics and systems of the game because um, i feel these these uh, kind of games you need all that because spelunky does it really well where lots of things interact with all other things it, not massively i don't think i mean really. Catwoman goon kids is the master of it yeah they, yeah they do it really well there's n- i don't think there's a there's a massive amount of that yeah it's i mean i think like exile was the first game that really did that really you know cleverly um but it does have that, that nice feel of chaos going off, and, and and I love the fact that you have like little human AI buddies, and if you fight alongside them for a while, they'll join you and they'll fight enemies for you, which is nice, which is really cool. Um, that adds a lot of life to it, um, and I like the fact that you can sort of go in as I go in as a really sort of bow focused person as opposed to melee, uh, and it, and it does allow you to do that. You can choose a trait, which means that I don't have a weapon at the start apart from my bow, but my bow is way better. Um, and there's, you know, there's loads of little things to discover, but I, I feel like it's, it's almost like, what's that other one? The, um, Rogue Legacy, uh, where, you know, until you've invested an awful lot of money in it, it's kind of, you die very quickly. Um, and I think that Rogue Legacy gets it very, very wrong. I still, it's ridiculous how much you, like the fact that you, you cannot grind that game really annoys me. Yeah. Charon always takes, you know, well, he takes 90% of my money now. It's like, well, you may as well take all of it, frankly. <laughs> While you're kicking me in the balls, you may as well kick me in the widge as well. I feel, um, just, you know, get it, get it done with it. Yeah. That annoys me, that game. I, I keep on going back to it to play a little bit of it. Actually, weirdly, um, actually going off of, uh, Cave Blazers, and it's not even on my list. I actually started to play a bit more of, uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Cause I thought, well, I've Why? got, I've got it for free. Do you know what? <laughs> I, I read up on it basically about how to identify where secret rooms are and stuff like that. And it made it so much more fun because I could actually, actually complete the game. Um, and I'd find, you know, good things in it. And it was weird just knowing, Oh, okay. Then it's, I can probably bomb here and I'll find something. But those terrible controls. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I still think, I think the enemy design in terms of its behavior is, um, shit. Yeah. Sort of just, it's just like, just, they just bounce around a bit and, and stuff, but even then, I mean, I have a bit more respect for it now. Like, like knowing that the jumping enemies always jump to a square. Like, they don't actually jump randomly. They they always jump to the center of a square. So that helps in terms of figuring out where they're going. But I do feel that it's a lot of just random numbers going off. <laughs> um, but I, I I found it infinitely more enjoyable knowing how to actually, you know, uh, get stuff in it. So that was that was interesting to revisit that for a little while. But I've, I've gone off it again. So. I'm never going to get addicted to it like Mark did. Um, <laughs> uh, should we do one of your games before sure. we do some more? Uh, um, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, good Snowman. Okay. Good Snowman is hard to build. Uh, I believe we've touched on it in a previous uh, episode. Yeah. Um, but um, I've managed to play the full game now, completed it. But it probably explain what it is. It is a, it's, it's kind of a similar to a Sokoban puzzle. Uh, in that you you go into a small room and there's uh, three um, balls of snow that you have to form into a snowman. Obviously, you have to have a bigger ball on the bottom, a medium-sized ball in the middle, small ball on the top. Um, sometimes you have to roll them in the snow to change the size of the ball. Um, 
and these various mechanics into play to make devious puzzles. Hmm. And uh, the, the puzzles are, uh, uh, seem very tight, you know, um, perfectly formed puzzles. They're really well done. Uh, and I like a few of the, the um, quirks that you can enter rooms from different sides and sometimes when you roll the balls, it blocks you off from going to certain parts of the room. And you can actually leave the room, the puzzle stays the same, and come back in from a different door. And uh, you, some of the puzzles, you have to do that to complete them and things like that. So um, it has some nice little quirks like that. Um, and it doesn't seem to, you know, outstay its welcome either. So, like, it's not a huge puzzle game. There's a set amount of puzzles where you use the mechanics pretty much to their maximum, and then it's it's a complete experience. So yeah, I think it's a a good puzzle game. There's there's actually a, a, an end game or like a new game plus, but I couldn't actually figure out what it was. Hmm. When you finish the game, there's a, this parallel world that that's that you can pass into and out of, and uh, I assume it interacts somehow with the normal you know, snowy world, but I couldn't figure it out. You felt so. you got your money's worth at that point? Uh, yeah, I had. I'd, I'd more than got my money's worth, I think. Yeah, cool. I, do, I, I think so, so good for me, I just, as an element in another game, I, I think it's alright, like in, um, I keep mentioning it, Vandal Hearts, I think it's brilliantly used in that. Well, like it doesn't feel like a, a soccer band. It is that kind of mechanic, but it just doesn't feel like it because of the extra mechanics in it, so... I get very annoyed when I when I basically fuck up those puzzles where I basically block it. It's like, oh, son of a fuck. Well, it has a an undo, which uh, right. obviously is very nice. That would mitigate it a lot. For and, me, uh, yeah. and because you go from square to square, it's not one of these where you push it and it goes to its full full distance and things mm. like that. So, uh, you, I mean, it's very forgiving. It's, it's, a, it's a calm experience. It's not one of these puzzles that's going to yeah. really annoy you. Okay, I mean, just the undo itself is kind of enough, really. Uh, I will do a game now, and that means you can eat some of the sausages, because uh, we are... <laughs> I just ate two sausages. Um, I may have to uh, uh, basically uh, edit out the sound of my mastication. Um, mm. Yeah, um, and I will definitely have to do it to Dave, as he is mm. He's full-on enjoying that. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum. Yeah. Um, so, I got Evil Within 2, and it made me think because I wasn't going to get it because the Evil Within one uh, hadn't had great reviews. I'd bought it but not really played it. I started it, got a little bit into it, died in what felt a really unfair way because of a bad bit of game design which I will discuss in a bit, um, and then uh, just thought, "Fuck this game, fuck it, fuck, fuck." Um, and I, uh, but then I saw some more stuff of two and I read some stuff and I thought, "Oh, actually, do you know what? This sounds good." This sounds like a, a big improvement, so I bought it. So in readiness, I decided to give the Evil Within one a proper go. Um, and uh, it's you know I know I'm a bit late to the party on this, but it, it's kind of shockingly bad in many ways. In the frame rate is fucking appalling. I mean, how they took an engine that's designed to run at 60 frames and managed to get I think they squeezed like 18 frames out of it. I mean, literally, there were frame drops where it ran at, like, two frames a second very, very occasionally. But, I mean, appalling, uh, frankly, from a technical level. Because it doesn't even look that good. It looks it looks a bit better than, like, Resident Evil 6, which was the last gen. So, it's kind of surprising just how poor it looks. Um, 
Um, but the, the the problem, the, the reason I gave up first time is that when you when it first teaches you stealth, it says basically if you crawl up behind a person, you can you can kill them easily. And the first instance of it where it happens is there's a person bashing on a door, and you go up to them. Um, but then he turned around and he saw me, and even though I was creeping, and killed me. And I was like, well, fuck you. Because it turns out that's not where you meant to stealth him. He does that for a bit, and then he goes on to this route where he goes back and forth. So it doesn't, it's, and it's like, for fuck's sake, what are you doing? First guy, you should be able to just creep up behind him, do that, and then show us a guy going back and forth. Um, it was very, and, and, cause I just, I just went, nope, I'm done. Cause it, you know, like I say, it's the shonkiest frame rate. Um, and, and also I, 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 in the original, I didn't enjoy the fact that it was just throwing you around everywhere. It was kind of like you used this, the plot of the game is, and, and spoilers for the first one, but given they've given it away in the trailer for the second one, um, that you're in this thing called STEM, which is kind of like all these linked mines, and therefore that's how you know weird shit happens, and you'll suddenly find yourself in a new location. Um, and it made it just it was it kind of gave them an excuse to do sort of the worst excesses of the Resident Evil series, where you know you go from a high tech lab and then suddenly you're in a, a weird old castle and stuff like that. It just makes no sense. So there's no sort of sense of continuity. Um, I found a bit annoying um but it does feel like it it feels like resident evil it is ridiculously so the same thing with the bosses where it'll trap you in a small area with a boss that you can incapacitate um and i find that really stressful um but luckily it gives you you know the, the weapons to deal with it but I, actually in the end you know having soldiered through it i enjoyed it actually I quite enjoyed it it's got a lot wrong with it the original but the sequel is such a massive massive improvement it's it's untrue because they've made it sort of open world it's kind of got large areas that you can explore kind of freely and you can go into buildings in them because it's set in this town called union which is sort of broken apart um, which is inside this, this other world yeah <laughs> that is yeah um but you can get between these sort of fragments of it via this thing called the marrow which is kind of which is a really great name for it as well i mean if you think of marrow in a bone as opposed to the comical vegetable um <laughs> Which I hadn't thought of before, but now I do. I can't see anything but a big, a big marrow. That's going to undercut the terror. Um, so effectively, you go into the, this sort of underwork, this sort of kind of network of passages, and you can get between these sort of broken up fragments. But th- the first area is kind of like quite a big area that you can explore. It's kind of cool. Um, subsequently, it's been smaller areas or linear bits. But I've really, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it because it's basically taken Resident Evil and then said, well, here's a big sort of, you know, can you remember that first village in Resident Evil 4 that you could kind of explore? Nope. Okay, well, it was good. It was it was cool because it was like quite a large area. Um, and, and then this has given you something that's many, many times bigger than that. And, you know, you can approach different things from different directions to get the drop of enemies. Or you can just do whole story bits in the wrong order, actually. I, I kind of discovered this part, the marrow, before I was meant to. Um, and I like that it lets you do that. There's like a whole area that I cleared out of enemies later in the game. And I, I met these enemies and I beat them, not realising that they were mini-bosses and that if I'd done it in the right order, I would have met one as a boss and then met them later on. But it was quite nice because it meant that I had the parts for this weapon before I found the main part. So as soon as I got it, I could fix it and I had a new weapon, which was cool, which I've forgotten to use. I haven't used it yet. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so it's it's really um it's really great. The gunplay feels great. It runs much nicer. It looks like way nicer. It's got some proper fucking creepy stuff, like with this weird ghost that you. There's like a, a, a an, an optional sort of ghost story thing that you can discover. Um, but if you don't go into this one house, then you'll never meet this enemy, which is kind of weird. But um, yeah, it's uh it's got little side missions. Um, yeah, it's I'm really really loving it. Um, and also, if you are quite a casual player, I can't do, you know, the Resident Evil games, sometimes they are just in terms of difficulty. Um, but this one, like, if you play it on casual, most enemies, one headshot and they explode. And the auto-aim is ridiculously generous. <laughs> it basically tracks, like, a frame behind where the head position is. So, it, you know, as long as the head hasn't moved a bit, bang, oh, it explodes in a fountain of multicoloured gore. Um, and it's really satisfying feeling. Um, or, mo- or like two headshots at most. Um, really weird, creepy looking enemies as well. That's impressive. Like there's this one that's like white gunk I've met a couple of times. That's just really kind of really cool because it doesn't look like anything. Because like, the first game, everything just looks like someone basically just got like a giant bin full of body parts and stuck them together. Just these weird agglomerations of viscera. Um, whereas in this one, there's something a bit kind of freaky about them, like these, and the noises they make are really nice and distinct as well. Like there's one that's like a croak, like someone inhaling and croaking, um, and it's like this horrible, tall, juddering thing with spindly limbs, and it's just, just really creepy, and it leaves kind of this fog behind it as it moves. It's, yeah, and there's one bit where it goes into first person as well, which is really cool, where basically, and you can't use your gun, so you have to stealth this section in first person. And there's this thick gas, so you can't see very far, and it's like a really nice change of pace. So it's it's brilliant, I think, and I don't think it's selling very well, which is a real pity because it is so much better than the original. <laughs> um, it's it's I'm really impressed with it. I'm I'm loving it a lot. Um, so yeah, so I played those two, and the first one, the first one, you know, I enjoyed it, but this definitely keeps all the best bit of the first one, and then adds a whole ton of other stuff. Uh, yeah, great, and makes a lot more sense as well. Um, but yeah. So that's good. Why don't you do another one of the games that you have played? Well, the other game that you've played, actually. The yeah. end of the list. <laughs> what what brand new game have you played now? Uh, well, you say brand new. It's Chaos Reborn, which we've already spoke of Julian Gollop. It's um, the the master. Yes, it's a, a, a sequel. We'll call it a sequel to um, Chaos, the Battle of Wizards. Yeah. A Battle of Wizards. One of those. Um, which I have to say is one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah, it's brilliant. So a a sequel has a lot to to live up to. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, it's a it's, a, it's an arena turn-based game where you play a wizard who summons monsters, uh, or equipment, or structures to help. Um defeat the other wizards in the arena. Um, and the arenas are, like, are only like 20 tiles by 20 tiles. This is the original. Um, I think it was 11 by 15. Is it? Yeah, because they're 2 by 2 sprites. And think of the resolution of the screen. Fair enough. I am slightly misremembering them. But yes, uh, I think what I'm thinking of is uh, the uh, Disbelieve Illusion has a tw- range of 20, doesn't it? Mm. That's it. But um, I digress. <laughs> um, so um, 
and it, it's just, it has a great tactical feel to it because you have a random array of spells at the beginning. Um, and you, um, as you use them, the, uh, there's a meter that goes either towards law or chaos. Mm. And the spells that are law spells are easier to cast when you go towards law. And, and, and it, it's a feedback loop. So, yeah. so the more law spells and they, the easier the law spells become to cast. Um, and so it keeps this same premise. Um, and I feel it takes it a step further. Because the gameplay itself, you can play either in chaos mode or in law mode. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, uh, in chaos mode, there's more random options. So, like casting a spell, there's a chance it might succeed, it might fail. Yeah. Uh, whereas in law, you know beforehand it, it's going to work. Mm. Um, and uh, that's a that's a nice change because uh, a lot of a lot of strategy games are going towards this deterministic way of, of playing where you. There's no random element to it. It's all about the skill. Mm. So if you want to play it that way, you can. Yeah. I mean, personally, and the way I've been playing it, I prefer the old school. Uh, yeah, the the more uh, random option. So I like a bit of random in my games. I, I I love the relief when you'd see uh, in the original where it'd be like, oh, he's going to cast a golden dragon. It's like, oh, fucking, it's like, oh, it failed. Fuck you. <laughs> or also, it's early in the game he casts a golden dragon, and you think it's like, oh, illusion. bullshit, a that's an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> and then the terror when it wasn't. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah when that fails, and it's like, oh, fuck you, roll of the dice. Um, so the the new version, obviously the graphics have been uh, greatly improved. Um, and whilst that is a good thing, mm-hmm. it's also, uh, I think, its biggest failing. All right. Because the game's turned to, uh, instead of square tiles, it's hex tiles. Which I really like. Yes, um, uh, you get a much more even... Um, yeah, rather than know, the weird diagonal... One diagonal move costs you one. The next, the next one, costs one costs you costs two. two. Yes, yeah. Um, but it also... Um, the um, it gives you a less defined grid um, mm. with the graphics because there's extra flourishes on the tiles and things like that. And right, so it's and harder I've, to judge where you can go. Well, I've had a few uh, times when I, I'm not sure what the actual structure of the level is and right. you have to be turning the map around to try and get your head around what rises and what lowers. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the, there'll be things obscuring certain tiles and and things like that. So I think that's, that's probably its biggest, its biggest, um, downfall. Mm. Um, but having said that, cause it stays very faithful to the uh, original. Yeah. With a few extra additions, you can get amulets and, um, staffs and things, which, which affects gameplay in certain ways, like, um, amulets you can wear, which will help certain spells or will actually change what a certain spell does. Mm. Like, um, I had one that um, when you uh, when you went into the magic forest, uh, it would give you spells if you had an, uh, an, an amulet on and things like that. Oh, well, that's what they always used to do. Well, magic. that's what it used yeah, to do originally, yes. Yeah. But um, uh, I think it, I think it was in a, in an improved way. Hmm. Um, oh no, it gave you an elf. Sorry, it gave you an elf spell specifically, an elf spell. Right. Was it? Um, great so, elves are great as well. They weren't the best units in the old one. They were really cheap to cast, but they had a bow. No. Oh, gooey blob. Oh, I mean, gooey blob, yeah, it's great. If it takes, if gooey it doesn't, blob. if you don't cast it, it appears and then go and disappear. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, they've, they've actually changed gooey blob as well. The gooey blob, I think, does damage whilst you're in it. Right, right. Um, okay, because it used to just kill you full off. No, no. It, if it spread onto you, 
it would oh, you, yeah. it would keep you alive under it, so you yes, could actually attack it, it and yeah. release the monster, which was great fun to do. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, it, it really stays quite faithful mm. to the game. All all the classic spells are in there. Yeah. There's a few extra spells. Um, you can uh, buff your spells as well. Like the, you can get like with um, with the staff, you build up the mana in your staff, and mm. once it gets to a full, you can bring a a, a, a kind of a an improved version of a spell into oh, okay. your into your deck. So, um, like for one example, there's a pride of lions instead mm. of just a single lion, it, it casts three lions, um, and it, and and generally, I think I think it is an improvement on the original. Mm. Um, I do have a soft spot for the original. I, think, but, I, I love the purity of the original. Yeah. Um, and it does lose a little bit of that, but I I think they've done it in 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 a good way. And, and Julian Gold is the master of of yeah. strategy, oh, especially yeah. turn based strategy. Yeah, turn based strategy. Did you ever play Magic and Mayhem? Uh, possibly a long time ago. I, I, I really I want to actually replay that because because that was that was the one where it was real time because he obviously did XCOM Apocalypse, which was you could be turn based or real time, and it was a bit on the edge. But I think Magic and Mayhem. I think I think I really want to replay that because that was actually I think that was a really good game. I think I think it yeah deserves like a replay because because it was all stop motion which was weird all the graphics, um but it was real time and it was effectively Lords of Chaos but with you'd go through a series I didn't of like Lords of Chaos. Yeah, but this was more because it was real time. It kind of it was better. It was really. It was good. just too expansive, Lords of Chaos. It just was too big. Well, it was the wraparound map because the, the map wasn't that. I think the wrap map was thirty-two by thirty-two, possibly. Um, and still, there, there was just like too too much in it. It was just it, too much it was a on. big step up. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of yeah. It was kind of it was like going from Rebel Star to Laser Squad a bit, but <laughs> and then some more. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm I'm glad you've enjoyed it and have yeah having oh, played it, it last. I should say it does have online as well. So yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. friends around the world, you can. We can do turn based as well. Can't you? you can do play by email effectively, in in the sense that you know you can have your go and then it sends to them. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course you can. Yeah, like chess. Yeah, I mean, I I liken the original Chaos to a bit too, you know. Yeah, chess but better. A, yeah, exactly. Better chess. <laughs> um. Okay. What else have I played? Uh, we've got Dis- Dishonored Death of the Outside. Have some sausages, Dave. Um. Uh. Dishonored Death of the Outsider. Um, which I uh, was looking forward to, which is like because because obviously when the original Dishonored came out, they they did DLC for it, which was the Brigmore Witches and um, the Knife of Dunwall, I think, plus this Dunwall City Trials thing you can ignore. Um, and it was like a really nice little story based thing, but rather than do it as DLC this time, they've done it as a standalone game, and it's fifteen quid, and effectively you get another sort of five six hours of of Dishonored for that, which is a good value. But you got like a you know a new set of powers, which is cool. Um, some of the maps are reused from Dishonored Two, which is a bit disappointing. I'll be honest, because it was kind of like, oh, it's this map, but it's not even the full map version of it. It's kind of like a subsection of this map, which felt a bit cheap. But there's there's a lot of new content to see in it, um, and it's nice to revisit Dowd and um, Billy Lurk. Um, that was cool. Um, but also, apparently, w- once you complete it, you can replay it using any of the power sets from Dishonored 2 as well, which is quite a nice thing, um, which I, I may well do. Because I think I'm on the last mission, um, but I got stabbed in the face repeatedly by this monster, and I was like, oh, I'm done with this for now. Let's try Evil Within. Um, 
but yeah it's good it's good and and you know for that price 15 quid on amazon you know if you if you if you couldn't get enough of dishonored 2 fucking hell yeah definitely worth doing um so yeah i'll be going back to it but um yeah very nice still beautiful it's got some interesting new enemies um and like i say some new some, some cool new sort of powers and and whatnot because you don't have to worry about mana now which is nice it just auto recharges all the time so that that kind of makes it feel a bit different so yeah the withing uh, uh yeah and um no it's, it's odd some of the changes actually but i've really enjoyed it um and it's got i think it's got some cool new maps i can't the withings i can't remember much <laughs> i've only played it quite recently but it has got like a standout map and i'm damned if i remember any of the details about it which is um not a great endorsement i appreciate <laughs> um but it's good trust me 15 quid you can't go wrong um, also got Steamworld Dig 2, because I loved Steamworld Dig, because it's like Boulder Dash, but not, but also a bit, but also not. Um, cause it doesn't have the, like, the bouldery element. You know, you love yeah, the, yeah. the thing where boulders will roll off effectively into free space. It doesn't have that, but it does kind of have that feel of going through, smashing up stuff and. Could uh, never really get into Steamworld Dig. Really? Mm. Oh, interesting. Well, the, the, the sequel's kind of, it's just, it's like the perfect sequel, really. It's more of the same and a bunch more. And a really big map you can explore, but it's—I mean, I promise I clocked it in two days. It was—it was like with um, uh, Zelda, the uh, Zelda: Link Between Worlds, because I got it at Christmas, and I just uh, just over the course of two days just hammered it. And I did the same with this because it's just—it's really feels really good. It's really easy to play. I found all the all the secrets and stuff like that. It's yeah, really good. But it's 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 it's, yeah, it's just a really charming platformer. And yeah, if you like exploration and stuff in games, exploration and smashing your way through, digging through stuff, I love that sense of you know finding things. And this just has it in in spades, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> actually, a pickaxe. Um, and no pickaxe uh, yeah, a bunch of new um, abilities. Uh, yeah, it's really really good. Um, yeah, perfect sequel. But but like I say, just um, just over in no time at all. Just I just I just scuffed it down. Nom, 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 pooped out some boulders um and also salt and sanctuary i went back to um you know salt and sanctuary yeah 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 because i played it a bit and then i stopped and was like I'm not feeling it and then i thought well yeah i, I should again i should i should well, give it a changed? try i don't know i think because because i have this regular souls time thing that i do every sunday night me and my mates andy and john play uh uh, Dark Souls or whatever, One, or, or it was Bloodborne as well, and we've we're, we're on Dark Souls three again because I've never done the DLC on it, so we're going through that. And I just thought, oh, I'll give you know, I'll give I'll give Sword Sanctuary another try, and I find, it just clicked. I think I finally realised how all the sort of systems in it work because it is very obtuse, and it's weird how when Demon Souls did that, everyone's like, oh, this is brilliant. Oh, oh, you clever Japanese people making a game that's fucking impenetrable. And yet when a Westerner does it, it's kind of like, you fucking idiots, you made a game that's impenetrable. Why aren't you Japanese? You're allowed to do this if you're Japanese. <laughs> it's kind of like we have this weird sort of double standard, I feel. Um, and I, you know, I kind of figured out how it works. Um, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't, you know, I didn't read up a few things in terms of, you know, figuring out how some of this stuff works. And, and I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's felt like a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I've, well, I've not clocked it. I've got right to the final boss and I thought, I can do this better because I missed out on some stuff and I decided <laughs> to start again. So I'm pretty much, I'm like two thirds through another playthrough. And yeah, it's brilliant actually. I really, I don't think I gave it, um, enough credit when I first played it. It's actually, it's actually excellent. I mean, it's got problems, 
in terms of, like I say, the obtuseness of it. Um, and like the load of the time you'll have these shortcuts and you look up a shortcut and it'll be to somewhere early in the game. It's like, well, big whoop, I've cleared out that area. I've got everything in there. This shortcut is kind of pointless. Um, and it, it's kind of, the only thing it does is kind of go, oh, look how clever we are about our map layout. Look, this, this is next to this thing. Um, and yeah. I mean, that is a very dark solely thing, isn't it? Have yeah. The, the, the maps loop back around to, to somewhere then. Right, exactly. But, but, but then it uses it well. It, exactly. It uses it well. And especially in the original game where you couldn't warp around everywhere. Whereas in this, you totally can. Um, so yeah, it, it would be, uh, and because of the size of the map, it would be a bit annoying if you actually had to traverse it. But it's really, what is problematic is that because it's 2D, it doesn't have that, that, it's, it's much harder to navigate. One corridor looks a lot like another. Whereas in Dark Souls, it feels like, you know, they haven't really reused geometry in the same way. And so if you're in a, a location, you can look around and go, oh, I know exactly where I am. And I know exactly where to go. Whereas this, it's like, I don't know, which of these identical corridors is this? <laughs> um, so I feel like they should have just stuck a map in it, frankly. If they stuck a map in it, wouldn't have been a problem. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it would have totally got rid of that issue. But in their slavishness to be like Dark Souls, they kind they didn't do that, and I think that was a mistake. Because um, yeah, no, it's it's a really really great game, and it's got loads of yeah loads of lovely things. But it is an absolute you know Dark Souls boner game, <laughs> um, disgracefully so. Um, but yeah, I've I've very much enjoyed it now that I realise how to actually play it. Um, so yeah, so, so I, you know, if you, if you like me would kind of went yeah, and bounced off it. Yeah. I think, I think it's well worth going back in. Definitely. Mm. And that's it in terms of reviews, isn't it? How long have we done? Cause we've got, we've got Kickstarter and stuff. I'm just going to have a look. Oh, for fuck's sake that. Okay. One hour and three minutes. Okay. Right. Well, we'll quickly do the Kickstarter stuff. Cause I'm always worried if we go over one and a half hours, the thing will stop recording and just the fi- the fi- the file will fail because it has done that before and we lost an entire uh episode of uh of incredibly high quality best episode we ever did yeah it was uh definitely um it's not true um okay so we got good stuff and there's shit stuff and hopefully we'll remember what it's about um as we go through it so i'll do the good stuff first or what nominally because the king of the hat that looks alright. Yeah, it was okay. It was a, a multiplayer. A, yeah, 2D, local, local, single screen. Local Although they cop. did say they were going to add, yeah, online play. Sorry. Yeah, no, if you could fiddle with the yeah. Velcro, that would that that would come out. Sounds like you're recording on an old tiny radio yeah. or something. Um, but that that looked alright. I mean, yeah. So basically, the idea is that you can't be killed, but they, if they kill, crush your hat, you're dead. Yeah, stomp on your hat. So if, even if it's on your head or not on your head. Yeah, exactly. But it's also your weapon, so you throw it at enemies you can throw it to stun in order people. to knock their hat off, yeah, so that you can hat. stomp on it. So that's kind of an interesting idea. Um, yeah. And, you know, they showed people enjoying it. It looked early on because it didn't look like it had any power-ups and they did mention no. they wanted to add power-ups. Yeah. But so that's exactly what... It kind of, if that's got, what Kickstarter's for. Yeah, exactly. They've got a proven concept. And, uh, yeah, so that was good. Jack and Casey, that was really interesting. It was weird. It was like... So it was like... uh You know how it was grid-based inventory management yeah. as gameplay and also kind of Tetris and a uh, weird sort of yeah, combat Yeah, it was thing. one of those inventories where the the um, item actually has a shape that has to fit into a grid. Yeah. So that's how they control your inventory. Yeah. But then 
the game was you put it onto your character who automatically used it to defeat enemies. Yeah, and you had them all sort of they're, they're dropping down like in so yeah you the had use to of the generation game. Fit, yeah, yeah, you had to fit in as much as you could to use later on. Yeah, and then it it just automatically used. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting concept. Yeah, I've, I've, I've not mean, seen free, anything like it. Before. I think there was a free demo on that one, wasn't there? Yeah, you could try it. You could yeah, try it. and it's made its money, so that's good. That was like really interesting. Um, Desert Child, which is um, it's a hover bike RPG. I, d- I mean, I don't see the RPG thing, but basically, there's an old arcade yeah. game called Mag Max. Um, I think the RPG was just you could buy things to upgrade. Yeah, yeah maybe, and maybe you talk to a person once. Yeah. Therefore, it's an RPG. But it's basically the arcade Mag Max, but much faster um, in terms of... But it's effectively, you're, it's horizontally scrolling, but there's like a bit of perspective. Oh, right. the, the artwork was very reminiscent of... Flashback. Uh, flashback, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, a bit of rotoscoping that they'd stolen from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yeah, Lee Van Cleef was it? Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. That was like, mm, I'm not sure this dodges copyright, but we'll give it a try. <laughs> so that was weird. Um, Astronaut, no, Autonauts. Which I, because you started yeah. it and you thought, oh, it's just fucking Minecraft, but 2D. But yeah. then it's, you basically, you build robots and then you do things in front of the robots. While you automate them, it. yes. Yeah, and then they will do that thing. And then you can even go into their brain's little script, which is like, what did you say it was? Scratch. Like Scratch. Yeah. And change, you know, what they're doing. So that seemed really cool and like a really good thing for teaching kids, you know, programming. And yeah, stuff. My, my only worry was, uh, was like, to what end was it? Because it, uh, yes. it didn't really seem like it was a survival thing. No. I but I mean, was... I mean, fair enough. It can be for just for the hell of it. Yeah. But I mean, that is just my only worry that they no, didn't seem the to way, be like, I an never, end game. I never played SimCity with an end game in mind. It was kind of just building oh, a city yeah, that kind of worked yeah. and then blowing up with a nuclear explosion. But you, and... you've just got to see is is that enough? Yeah. Well, you know, if it was for SimCity, you know that that right. series is still going. <laughs> yeah. Um, Summoner's Fate. Uh, what have I mentioned? This? Oh, D Twenty Studios, which you pointed out is copyright. Uh, yes, trademarked. Yeah, yeah so um, they're going to get fucked. And even their logo was the same. Yeah, it was, yes. Um, so unless it's official. Um, but it's called Summoner's Fate. It was like a really generic logo. Like It looks like every other mobile game with a, yes. a shouting person as the icon. But it's like a top-down uh, strategy thing, but also card game. Actually, it looked quite nice because it was like really small arenas. So it wasn't too complicated in terms of... I hate it when these like turn-based grid things get too big because it's kind of like I can't put the possibility space in my head. Whereas this, it looked like you could you could you know contain the possibility space in your head. Yeah, and it looked it, there was there was cards that you played. It looked it looked quite strategic yeah. from from the moves they were playing. Yeah, graphically, didn't like it at all though. It's weird. Like, I didn't everyone, mind. Everyone I didn't got like mind. a crooked neck looking up at you in their graphics. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's a really awkward style, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, Lonely Mountain Downhill, which you've seen a bunch of gifts on, right? Yeah, it looks it looks nice. It looks nice, but. Um, when we were watching the video, we weren't too sure about how the controls would work. Yeah. Because the camera, the camera angles. We, just... we assumed it was all just, you know. But like, sometimes it was side on, sometimes it was all on yeah. top. We thought it was just for the trailer, but then they showed gameplay of it, people actually playing it, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure yeah. how the controls work. No. So. It looks a bit like Charles Fusion, but. Looks but nice. Not. Looks nice. I, I didn't do it for me. Oh. <laughs> uh, Mystery World Dizzy is a weird one. Basically, they made, uh, the, the Oliver Twins made a game for, the uh, NES, and it never got released. And so I think they're doing NES cartridges um, and you can buy it and the money goes to charity. Um, or, yeah, maybe it's cartridges, I don't know. But anyway, they, they made a little 10-minute documentary about them. Um, and I mean, they're, they're quite weird. Um, the There's Oliver something Twins. about them. There is something, something about them. There is something about them. 
I mean, if they find bodies in their cellar, I'm not going to be like, going to put some, going to put money on bed, Fred, on that. I think yeah. <laughs> going to make some if, money if their mother's still in a rocking chair. Yeah, long after. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's harsh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, that that it, no, but it's nice. But money's going to charity, and you know, if you're you're a fan of those old games, but basically they they it's Fantasy World Dizzy, but with a few extra different rooms and that. Uh, snake like, which. We were like, "What? It's a snake like yeah, and even, roguelike." Yeah, and even the little, the the little elevator pitch just didn't seem. Yeah. But then the more you watch the the the, the video about it, yeah, the more you're like, actually, this. I love the fact that something effectively here. the shape your snake was would cast sort of spells effectively. So you made it into a certain shape, yeah. and therefore something that was like, oh, that's intriguing. And then I mean, you even had to cut off your own tail at times and yeah. things like that. It was, I mean, it had a lot to it. Yeah, it looks interesting, actually. I mean, it looks shite in terms of graphics. Yeah, graphically it wasn't. Um, let's see, what else? Now, the, the bad things. There was Dungeon Saga Tyranny of the Dragon King, which is the most generic title I think I've ever heard. Yes. But that video, obnoxious, <laughs> wasn't it? It was £10,000, and you could meet the people, and Dave said he wanted to spend that so he could punch them. Well, yes. <laughs> It was, yeah, a really, really obnoxious video. Um, so, so I was was considering if, if you know, the lotto came in, it was viable to. Yes. Yeah. But no, even that reward said, "I want to be your friend." And it's like, no, no, you don't want to be my friend. I'll be punching you. Um, Aria, no, Aria of the Wanderers is basically indie games squared up its own ass. Yeah. So fucking everything, everything you look at it, you go, oh, they've taken that from that, and that, and that. What was it? The Super Brothers, the uh, sword and sword and sorcery. I thought sword and. Oh wait, no, that's how you spell sword. Yeah, sword and, <laughs> sword and sorcery. Yeah, but, but however they, they yeah they mangled. That. Yeah, and a bit of fez. And but like, it, yeah, it it just had a, a bone for all the popular yeah indie. It was it was like designed by committee. With like, oh, yes. what, let's get the chipsters. What's that's, that's using that again? <laughs> get the chipsters on board. What's been popular in the past? Let's, yeah, let's let's make something that looks identical to that. Yeah, <laughs> um, Blade of Unagi, which <laughs> we only mentioned. It doesn't look very good. We're only mentioning just because you pointed out that was the thing in Friends that Ross was always Ross, on. About. Yes, he says he he learnt karate and he learnt some skill called unagi. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. But it's oh, a state of mind or something. It's something like that. But it's revealed that unagi is a Japanese eel yeah. used in sushi or something. Right. Um, and that's this. Does, the game, to its credit, does contain eels. Called unagi. Called yes, unagi. So. But it's it still just amused us. <laughs> unagi. Uh, Project Tank RPG. Just looks shit. Uh, you wanted to watch the video. Just I mean, it looks like a proper Ouya game. Yeah. Um yeah, it was terrible. I terrible. Like, it like, was like, terrible. Like, six different colours in the game. All the most like the oh, colours were terrible. And, and yeah. the brightest. Yeah, really bad. Yes, there was a lot of colour clash, and oh, it was oh. No, I, I, it was too bad even for me. Mm. One that I really was looking forward to: I thought, Project Daedalus Horror RPG, first person dungeon crawl RPG. I was like, oh yeah, I didn't touch myself. Um, and oh no. That's really disappointing. Well, if you, if you get past the two minutes of a line going oh, yeah, up heartbeat, and down yeah. at the beginning, <laughs> yeah, really crap video. But then it's 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 not three D. It's like as it, I I just feel like since Grimrock, these things they have to be made with a three D engine. Um, because it's a couple like that one that came out on um, 
Steam recently that's like a cyberpunk or steampunk version of Grimrock that just came out. Vaporum, that's it. And there's one uh, set in, what was it, a like a Japanese sort of castle with like Japanese folklore monsters where you can split your party in two and do puzzles that way. So effectively the yeah, the screen splits down and you have two views. A bit like I with Captive on the Amiga. No, I'll show you. It's, it's on Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Um, that looks interesting. This does not. But it also looks kind of like... It looked competent what they'd done so far. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't that much to not. But yeah, I know, but it just there was no imagination. It was just like, oh, it's just the standard. Oh, here's a uh, here's an illusory wall. Here's a switch that opens a thing. And blah, 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 blah. Oh, look, this bridge, this brick is a different color. If you tap it, the wall disappears. I'm like, ah, oh, we've seen this a million times. Yeah. So that was a bit meh. Um, what else? Uh, oh, learn how to create games. Oof. So this guy basically is saying he'll teach you how to make games in a month, showing footage of loads of indie games. Uh, a screenshot of fucking um, Oblivion uh, as is as the, the thing, which is a bit cheeky. Yeah. You make Oblivion in a month, and to be fair, if you if you take, but you know that's about how much bug testing they did on Oblivion. Um, so yeah, it just seems, and he's done one before. The weird thing is though, he used a different account, so it seems a bit dishonest. He's done and got the money for this. I'll teach you how to make a game in a month. So I don't know. It's it's. I mean, he, I don't believe he can. Uh, teach me how to make a game in a month. Yeah, the the main issue was he didn't reveal any of his credentials yeah. whatsoever. No footage of stuff he's made. And also, the hilarious thing is in the video, he goes, oh, and as a result of doing all your coursework, you'll get an Axel score. Uh, Axel score? I've never heard an of that. An official Axel score. An official Axel score. His name is Axel, apparently, and but he thinks that you can use this score with potential employers and say, I've got an Axel score of 10, and they will give you a job. Fucking deluded. Um, but speaking of fucking deluded, leave the best till last. Celtic Knights Entertainment. I don't even know if this is deluded. This is just insane. This we, one. we don't know what it is really, but apparently this person thinks that he's going to bring back loads of cartoons. There was a massive a list of cartoons. Some weren't even cartoons. Yeah. Some were live action. Yeah. Um, but basically, really shitty logos, really badly made logos. It was just a, yes. just a crawl of bad logos, as if saying. Oh, bad fonts. Yeah, bad fonts on blurry JPEG backgrounds with quite often with a bit of white border at the bottom that would poke in. Yes. It's just a really badly made video where he's like, we are going to bring back these things. And they haven't thought it out at all, but they do specifically point out that other people haven't thought about it even less. Uh, <laughs> they're like, as a. But oh. the, the description just didn't make any sense. It was just jumping from here to there. Mm. We will what? make, yeah. we will make the tightest games ever but you're bringing back cartoons yeah. and then it would just jump to something about music original music yeah for, for what original music for what it's just it is like someone is mentally you know and it not, also said well. that, that they didn't have any developers yeah that's what so. they need money for <laughs> um yeah just i i can't was, i don't i can't believe that there is that kickstart they literally will let anything on there it, it just did not make any sense it was there was no here and anything in it. Yeah. <laughs> Bang of shite. Um, but well worth looking at because it is kind of like what is, I don't understand. Is, we we were like, sat in amazement for quite some time trying to figure out what was going yeah. on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so much copyright infringement. <laughs> Just like he had a fever or something and did a Kickstarter in the middle of it like when you're properly mad. That's the only explanation. Yeah. Uh, and that's that really. Um, sorry it's been so long. Remember, if you want to win uh, a single copy 
on uh, Super Hydora, uh, just drop us an email. No one ever does that. Be nice. Um, and you could win the Steam code for that. Um, so that's nice. Uh, if you want to get it on Xbox One, tough shit, just buy it. It's good. Um, <laughs> the the competition should have been try and find Mark, because <laughs> no one's ever heard from him since he went. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Is he alive? I've no idea. Mm. I actually have no idea. I've not been in contact with him at all. Probably, probably check his Twitter. Because the thing is, he's only going for six months, and I think that's how long it's been between these episodes. So, <laughs> whoops. Um, yeah. Mm, slightly worrying. I'm, I'm sure he's fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. 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 Yeah. We'll phone the embassy up tonight. <laughs> um, uh, thank you for listening. Anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Okay, right. Let's, um, let's, uh, call this a day. Goodbye. Bye.